When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Again, I'm here to tell you through my sourcing, other reporters continue to echo this. Uh, I guess Brian Windhorst also has said something of to, to similar effect that Darvin is safe because of the way leadership, Lakers leadership feels about him. Um, there's a lot of kind of speculation out there that, you know, the, uh, Darvin's job is safe in large part because he can operate as the shield for Rob Polinka. And if Rob Polinka takes this loss and he doesn't have that shield anymore, he had now, he would have then run out of shields and the next person to get held accountable would probably be Rob Polinka. And um, I think Jeannie also doesn't want to be one. I don't think she wants to have to hold Rob Polinka accountable. Um, there are the Kobe ties. This is her biggest hire. Uh, she stuck with Rob Polinka when after Magic Johnson stepped down to tweet, uh, she had every opportunity then to open up the hiring process and bring in somebody with a little bit more experience. Or if you were going to elevate Rob Polinka, you could bring in some people to fortify his staff. She opted not to do those things. It's a very thin front office that the Lakers work with. And it's fine if you want to control the narrative and if you want to, you know, take you and assume more credit for things when they go well. But it also means that you're going to accept more. You have to accept more accountability when they don't. And if Darwin gets let go, ultimately the next person who has to face that music would be Rob Palenka. Again, he essentially ran a championship winning head coach in Frank Vogel out of town. There are people from the organization I've spoken to who wondered at the time about the roster because it was so clearly not a Frank Vogel roster. And they wondered what's going on here. Why, why would you give him this roster and expect him to turn this thing around? And again, I don't think Frank did a very good job there, but I don't think he could have done a very good job. And, and people have wondered if that was the point. And um, the running theory that I keep on kind of circling around is, you know, is Rob, is Rob a little nervous to have other competent people in the organization with him? Uh, because so long as he doesn't, he looks like a genius by comparison to his boss, ultimately. Um, but anyway, so the, the, the rumors continue about uh, Darvin Ham, as we all wonder, frankly, as we all hope that at some point we get some kind of accountability here for, I think, one of the worst head coaching jobs I have ever seen. This goes back to like Dar Byron levels of incompetence, what we've seen from Darvin here. Um, I, I tweeted this out over the weekend. I was talking with a scout uh, last week or so 
last couple of weeks, forget when exactly it was. Um, and we were going back and forth and the team that this person works for was, had just played the Lakers and he, uh, had just, you know, helped put together the scouting report. And I asked him what that, what's that like? I'm just like, like, what, what is the scouting report on the Lakers? And one of the lines that he said that has really stuck with me. And I know Cranjus, Tim from the Lakers exceptionalism pod has really been tracking these things in terms of when they're running organized offense versus when they're just playing pickup out there. But one of the things this person said was scouting and I'm quoting um, scouting them is weird. They run good stuff, but we kind of know eventually they'll just go away from it. And, you know, end quote there. And, and eventually like, like in, in the back and forth, it was like, yeah, like there are things we could do to take them out of some of those things or to stop them from getting there once they have some success. But, a lot of times they just wander away from success. And uh, LeBron has voiced frustration over this. And so to, to the people who say like, well, LeBron is the reason for that. I guess like that is kind of how he's operated, right? Okay, that's cute. You can coach for 43 minutes, but the last five minutes we are running pick and roll and I'm going to have the ball in my hands. And for good reason, he's for my money, the best basketball player I've ever seen. I was, a little young for, for MJ and uh, you know, for, for the Lakers though, as, um, as it was kind of portrayed to me, this goes beyond even LeBron, you know, wanting to run the offense late. It's, it's roster combinations, it's lineup combinations, it's rotations, it's timeouts, it's, it's defensive schemes and, and these things where, you know, they'll be doing something, they'll have some success, and LeBron has said it, right? We need to learn how to build on success so that we can actually tally up some wins or extend some runs. And um, and this scout was just like, yeah, they just don't do that. For whatever reason, they just kind of stop, and they, they have, like, basketball ADD, and they just, like, wander away from what they should be doing. And, um, you know, it matches my eye, t- my, my eye test. Um, you know, and, and like then another little thing that I tweeted, this was, you know, right before I went on the air. Um, but the, if you, if I was to ask you in any LeBron and AD year, who would you think, especially both guys have basically been healthy all year, who would you say or predict to be the most used two man lineup on the Lakers? It'd probably LeBron and AD, right? Like, <laughs> it's not a trick question. That's like what well, that's what I'd be hoping to hear from somebody I asked that about or asked that too. But no, actually, this year, the two guys who have played the most so far this season have been AD and Torian Prince. And some of that is availability. I don't think Prince has missed a game in AD. I think if he's missed any, I think he's missed one total. So that is a factor here. But they've all they've they've played AD and Torian Prince have played 972 total minutes together. LeBron and AD have played 889 total minutes together. Like a hundred minutes more. It's not a small sample. And um, you know, even worse is that in those minutes that LeBron and AD are out there together, the Lakers are only 0.2 points per hundred possessions better. Than their competition. That ain't good. 
if you want to know why the Lakers have looked so mediocre, uh, mediocre all year, that's probably why. Because <laughs> the Lakers are mediocre when their two best players are on the court. Um, that means that like you have to make up for that in on, on certain nights. Raj tweeted this out, um, you know, and I, I guess this is uh, of late. He uh, this was uh, late Sunday night. He tweeted this. Since the in-season tournament, they've played 17 games. The Lakers have been outscored by 84 points when AD is on the floor. The Lakers have been outscored by 120 points by uh, when LeBron is on the floor. This is, again, 17 games, sample size. This is almost a quarter of the season. Uh, so this is not a small sample. Uh, the Lakers have been outscored by 94 points when both are on the floor. You're you're not winning. If your two best players are out there and you suck, you suck. Like there are foundational problems to the Lakers right now. And you know, Dan Wojcik mentioned this the um in, in one of the games that the Lakers played previously, and and he said that he doesn't like to editorialize while he is reporting on the game. But he said it kind of struck him how quickly the Lakers just kind of accepted the fact that they were going to get run off of the court in that game. I'm, I'm paraphrasing because I don't have that tweet right in front of me. And, and yeah, I just, I, I think there's a sincere lack of belief in the locker room towards Darvin ham. And even as Jeannie bus and Rob Palenka keep telling whoever will listen, about how much they trust this guy and they keep telling Darvin how great a job they think he's doing and how great he is at this. Uh, the people in that locker room and the people who work with Darwin on a more day-to-day -day basis who have to pull this stuff together at the basketball ops level of the organization, there's a, there's a like, I'm going to be careful because apparently now I can get aggregated, but I'm told there's, a legitimate rift growing in the organization as it pertains to Darvin Ham. Period. There are people who really believe in him. We know who they are. And there are people who have legitimate, serious questions about him. If you watch the games, you can probably identify at least one person who really feels that way. So, yeah. You have that going on, and and I, I'm sorry. Like, you're not – you can only take so much noise. A team can only overcome so much noise and so much ineptitude from their head coach, and I think the Lakers have reached that breaking point. And night in, night out, they're playing with such a small margin for error, and it's because their coach is so adept at errors. <laughs>